He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live, and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now, let's begin. All right, Slick Talkers, we're back. And guess what? This is a very brand new special episode for anyone watching the video. You're going to be like, who is this girl next to you in StreamYard? And I'm like, hey, it's our friend and producer, Kelsey. How are you doing, Kelsey? Good, good. Well, thanks for having me here. Of course, of course. Do you want to tell any of the listeners why we're on a recording together by any chance? Sure. I yeah. yeah, no, you go. You go first. I'll, I'll vibe no, off of it. Actually, I want you to go. Let's go. Okay. I no want pressure. you to step in. <laughs> okay. Well, we're on a recording today because we are taking each of the Slick Talk episodes for this month, reviewing it, recapping it, and just sharing our insights and opinions on each of the episodes. Exactly. And the reason why I think we wanted to do this was to, one... I know hour-long episodes can be hard sometimes as a listener to listen to the whole thing through and get all the good nuggets. So kind of the thinking behind this for all the listeners who have been listening for the last you know, five years or recently, whatever your journey is with Slick Talk, is to give you the, the best snippets, the snippets that were takeaways and to really boil it down so that way if you like what you hear, you can go back to the episode. So the show notes will have everything linked We'll make sure that all these episodes that happen every month are being displayed here just so that way if you do like something, it's easy access. And of course, we can maybe help bump those download numbers up a little bit whenever whenever things get down. But I'm excited just because this is, you know, I normally don't do solo stuff. It's all guest-based and not that I'm solo today, but to have a team member on the call and to, to kind of go over because you're getting all these episodes raw, all unedited, unscripted, and then you have to clean them up and make them sound as good as they do when they go live. So I really like your opinion, and I think it's just fun to have somebody else to talk to instead of myself the whole time. Yeah. And yeah, so it's going to be great. So for all the Slick Talkers, get used to Kelsey's face at least once a month, just once a month, and her voice. She's amazing. Yeah, Yeah, for now, maybe more in the future. (laughs) depending how much she likes doing it after this one. But I'm excited. This is going to be good. So what do we got lined up for everyone today? And before we actually plug any of the episodes, what do we have to plug, Kelsey? We have to plug some of the HFM podcasts because I think a lot of people are exposed to this environment. They're used to maybe my other show, Good Morning Hospitality. And we have about 30 plus other shows under HFM that I think deserve a little spotlight. So I want you to maybe introduce this first one because we've had Natalie on the show before, but she's also a good friend of yours. It's how we got to meet. And then she also has an amazing podcast that does very, very well in our space. So do you want to talk about No Vacancy? 
Sure, I'd love to. So No Vacancy, the podcast is a podcast by Natalie Palmer, who is a good friend of mine. We went to Cal State Fullerton together, and that's how I got into the whole podcast editing world and met you at Level Up Your Listing. Natalie is, she got started with co-hosting on accident by Airbnb being her parents' rental property. And it just grew from there. So now she has, you know, business coaching. She has her own conference that she hosts with Tatiana. She's grown quite a bit. And honestly, I love listening to her podcast, even as an editor. I'm just like, wow, it's good nuggets in there. And her Am I the Airbnb whole segment is my absolute favorite. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the best segments, I think, in the podcast, like short-term rental hospitality podcast industry. Like yeah. just gold humor. It's relatable. We all know those Airbnb holes in the Facebook group. So <laughs> it just it just really rings a great, it just rings true into my soul on like the way that she approaches some of it. I'm like, yes, I've thought that. I've thought that many times. So, yeah, and I just, I can't even believe some of the stories are real. When I was editing it yesterday, I was playing it out loud and my husband was like, what, what that's legal. And I was like, no, but it, it happened. Like it's crazy. Your husband's just being exposed to the most like chaotic <laughs> craziness on the interweb yeah, and short term like, rentals. <laughs> what are you he's listening like, to? Yeah. So you have to edit this. This is nuts. <laughs> oh, that's epic. Epic. I love it. So Natalie's a great, great person to follow for any of the listeners. Great conference, great podcast. She's been on the show before. So if you haven't heard her episode, you can find it in the feed. And then another one actually that you edit is Hospitality Mavericks. And this one for me, Michael Tingsayer, he and I actually started podcasting the same year and the same month. He was March 8th. And I think my first episode was March 18th of 2018. So it was kind of crazy when he and I discovered that coincidence and the timing with all of it. But very similar to Slick Talk interviews, thought leaders, and and mostly I would say like food and beverage and a little bit of the hotel world. But you've been editing his podcast now for I would say a like monthish. Mm-hmm. And month. what are your what's what's been some big highlight takeaways from you or just even about Michael that you've seen kind of shine through his interviews? Yeah, he has some really big key players on his podcast, and it's since he is. Danish and he lives in the UK. I feel like it's all people over there, but I like listen to who they are and I'm like, wow, this is like a very prominent person, low key. Like he has this interview with them and he always just meets them. Like the last one he just met, his guest he met in line for the bathroom. And then they maintained a friendship and like now he was on the podcast, but he's this lead business person for leadership coaching. And I was just making those connections and seeing how he like just talks to those people and just creates the conversations. I love listening to his podcast too. Yeah. He's got an authentic hospitality characteristic, like lives Mm -hmm. it. He's just, he just really lives what he talks about. And I, I think, you know, the podcast is great, but I know when I listen to other podcasts, whether it's like a true crime podcast or industry related or not i'm always curious oh, man are these people really like this outside of the, the microphone recording but he yeah. really is so that's why i love michael and super glad he's with us and we actually had the idea for hospitality.fm together during covid and mm-hmm. like late 2020 early 2021 it was gonna be him a couple of other podcasts like one in australia one in seattle one in california and me and we were like oh let's make this podcast network and then the world opened up and we 
never, we just got all so busy that it never happened until, you know, 2022. Yeah. In December. So yeah, it was crazy. We just like, sat on this idea for a, a while and now Michael's, Michael's in the gang. He made it <laughs> full circle, <laughs> full circle. And then another one before we get to the clips from this month's episodes would be STR data lab. My co-host or my monthly co-host, Jamie Lane with Air DNA, the chief economist over there. He has a podcast for their company that he is doing at STR Data Lab. They go over not only great numbers and data every month and review for the, the industry, but they also interview a lot of STR operators and go into their journeys, a lot like Slick Talk, but more data, again, focused around numbers and operations and the way that impacts and the way that travel and other things like hotels and Taylor Swift concerts really impact all of the short-term rental operators when it comes to occupancy and all their stuff. And that one's edited by Michael on our team. So really good one to check out if you like data overviews and more likely can listen to it rather than read it. I'm definitely an audible person with that rather than a, maybe a, a reading because I, I like the conversation around the data rather than just analyzing data and they do a really good job at that so another great podcast link in the show notes now off to what we've really expected to do with this episode which is to highlight some of the episodes that we've done this month and the first one is with allison bailey and she is just an incredible young entrepreneur who really i think has not only lived walked the walk and talked the talk but she really just is all about learning. She's like, look, I'm, you know, I think she's 26 and mm -hmm. she's look, I don't know exactly everything I'm doing, but I'm going for it and we're building a team and just going with what runs true. And she really knows her stuff. So really great person. I would love to know, you know, Kelsey, you and I are very similar in age. You are a little older, not a lot. So don't I'm think. Old, yeah. <laughs> You're not, you're not. Oh man, everyone's going to be listening and be like, oh, well, I just called his producer old. So canceled. <laughs> just kidding. But she, I, I don't know, I really enjoyed her episode. I would love any quick before we play the clip for all the listeners. What's a, a big thing from you or for you that you got out of her episode? My biggest thing was her confidence being so young in the STR world and just like a young business entrepreneur, she exuded this confidence immediately. And she said, you know, that was like the first podcast or something like that she had ever done. And she just has these quotes that I still remember. When I'm editing, if I feel something is valuable and I'm not even in this hospitality business personally, but if I hear something, I'll write it down. And one thing I really love that she said was she loves to fail because that just helps her improve. She just loves to improve herself. And I love, you know, self-development and all things like that. So I thought that was very cool that she said that. Yeah, I love that part too. And I think uh, for all the listeners, you're going to get a good snippet right now. But we'll talk about some more takeaways after. It's just, she's awesome. So again, if you haven't listened to the episode, you know, there's so many things that younger entrepreneurs can learn from colleagues and associates in our industry. And I think, you know, she really embraces that. So while we're ahead, let's just play the clip. I want your kind of opinion on this. And this is something I've really had like a lot of reflection on in the last year is that when you are like, I'm in my 20s still, I'm 28. And I know you're, well, you're a little bit younger. You're 20. You're 26. Yeah. I just... Last year, I just turned old enough to rent one of my houses. 
right? My age yeah. limit's 25. Yeah, I was like, man, once we, once you get past 25, you can rent a car and you can start doing all this other stuff. It's great. Uh, cheaper car insurance. That's what I, exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking exactly. about. Let's forget all the other aspects that come into it, but let's take a discount where we can get it. Amen. Amen. Especially in this economy. But you get, so like, I don't know, we get exposed to people that have done, like you, you say, I love to be wrong. And I'm, we get exposed to so many people that have been wrong. 10 years prior to being right. So they've had 10 years of wrong or five years or whatever long, right? Of them learning to where they're at at this point today. And I use Steve Trover and Robin Cragen as really good examples of people I admire and look up to in the industry and also outside of from a leadership perspective, from an entrepreneur perspective and having the ability to say like, they've done this for 25, 30 years and they're able to like, look, yeah, they, obviously the industry has changed in that time, but not enough to destroy the fundamentals of the lessons learned along the way. And so being able to be exposed to people that have had that experience, that have done literally everything right and wrong under the sun. Now, people like you and I who are in our 20s, we get to flatten that curve a little bit, that learning curve of, okay, it, may, it took so-and-so 10 years well, they just gave me five years worth of lessons. So I, maybe I can do it in less in, than 10 years, right? And so being able to learn from that. But the one I want your perspective on is that our community of younger operators is very small and we're very spread out. With that, I've learned that I actually, like, yes, I have a business coach. Yes, I have mentors. And this has been really helpful. But I actually learn a lot with my peers. People are in the same situation or the same boat as me rather than on the beach sipping margaritas and pouring martinis. Like, having that early retirement or being very heavily resourced and all that stuff. I learn a lot from people who are in it with me. And I'm curious for you, who who's in it with you that you've been able to, to really learn or kind of have that sense of like community? Not that I look up to you, but like I'm linked up right side by side. Right, right. We're rowing this boat together. Yep. For me, I have just always been keen on communication so with not just again in business but in personal like i said if i'm having a problem or if i'm doing good or whatever that might be i always am sharing celebrating those wins with everyone that's surrounded by me but we are actually just a team of three we're about to be our fourth person and wow. the three of us are we're all 26 so this wow. is our 26 year yep <laughs> so i really rely on them and i think in the sense, I mean, I have friends working with me in the first year, friends cleaning toilets. I got friends doing trash. I got friends doing grills. They're all my age. I got, I've got two great friends that are going to get getting married in the fall and they're both coming in and they're best mm -hmm. friends and their partners are coming in too. And so I've really been able to get everyone in so that way we can kind of go together. And one yeah. of my key, one of my key people in office is Monique and Monique is the same age as me, and I was actually her first friend on the playground. I walked up to her on the playground and asked if she wanted to be friends in fourth grade. <laughs> and then she is coming into our third summer with us. And she is just such a crucial aspect inside the business. And definitely, my, of course, my mom, too. Always being able to turn to her, always being able to. But you're right. That, that difference, that age difference does come like with the technology, with the process, with mm -hmm. the thinking. And I'm very much, I've been an employee for a long time. So now as a business owner, I try and give it where I can on the aspect yeah. of you need to take a day, you need to take a day. 
you go to an appointment, you go to an appointment. You leave for lunch, you leave for lunch. Like it's a very much ebb and flow, yin and yang. And like I said here, if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for me. And I need it to work for me. So I need it to work for you. And yeah. so I've been hugely relying on all of my friends and families and my sister's roped in. She was cleaning the house. Now she's friends with that owner that I have. And he actually let her husband and the groomsmen stay there. So everyone I know has been tentacled out. Now it's yeah. cost me some relationships in my life. It's been pretty heavy ones when you're comparing your business to your friendship, especially on age. Especially on age. I... I'm so career driven. I'm so work focused, a little bit of a workaholic. So when you start to welcome and blend those types of things, those lines can get confusing and they got confused. So I learned my hard lessons and now I'm moving on from went to the next point and who else comes in. But really just anyone who wants to be a good worker, anyone who wants to come in, tell me what you think, tell me what you know, and then we adjust and go together. So yeah, for me, like my big takeaway, I love that she is just, I don't know. She's told it, like you said, the confidence and the embracing of failing first, but the nicest thing that I've seen with her and our kind of similar network, you know, after the recording, her and I got to talk and talk about some people that we're mutually connected with. And I've been really inspired by one of them is Steve Trover. Shout out to Steve Trover at Better Talent. But we get to be surrounded by so many people that have way more experience than us in this industry. And they've gone through a lot of failings and lessons and learning along the way that they get to pass down and share with us. And I know it sounds like for a lot of younger people, they're like, oh, these these people are just trying to they're trying to tell me what to do because I like there's always this side of when people are giving you advice, especially when they're older than you and you're new and younger, that sometimes you take it you know, wrong in the sense that they're trying to tell mm -hmm. you that you don't know what you're doing or this is and that. And, you know, they're not doing it this in this day and age and they don't know what like the new like world is like, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, we have the ability to really adapt and learn so many things without actually going through it. And I think Allison has really embraced that. And that's why I had a big takeaway with her just on the, the perk of being young, which is to be surrounded by people that have been through it before us and and can curve that learning curve for us a little bit or slower flatten that learning curve for us mm -hmm. yeah what about you what do you you think you you you've been a professional you are a professional so you know i would love to know kind of some some pieces there yeah kind of going off what you said about being young and taking advice i think it's kind of natural sometimes especially when you don't want to hear it to have this kind of cockiness or know-it-all attitude and I, I i definitely had that with my parents and they would tell me like you think you know it all but it's true they do they've lived life so obviously they do know a bit more than us you know sometimes there's old-fashioned thinking but definitely she's very open-minded about feedback she receives and she takes it and she runs with it she doesn't just ignore it and be like no i'm the best in this business she definitely you know takes a step back and is like, okay, like they said this for a reason, let me reevaluate and see where this is gonna take me. And it just makes her a better leader, better business entrepreneur. Yeah, and you can make it your own, take the advice and add your own twist to it. There's mm -hmm. so many things that you can do. You don't have to you know, mimic everything. I think that's yeah. one thing. I'm a very literal person. So sometimes when someone tells me, I'm like, all right, I need to do it exactly to achieve. <laughs> when in reality, okay, I can, you know, maneuver some things and make it my own. Yeah. And I have to, yeah, do that. So I love that. The next one, this one like got me 
in the recording, I w- was having some personal reflection during this and it was with Caleb Hannon with stay like Norman. And, you know, he, the intro clip to that whole episode was about, you know, failing to lead because of ego basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think especially he's still young. I think he's low 30. Like he's not, you know, 50, 60 plus, like he's very close in our age and, but has life experience, you know, he's got kids and a, and a wife and all this other stuff. And, you know, when he was reflecting on buying into the business and then also becoming the COO only after being involved for a very short period of time and having to have that hard conversation of like, Hey, you know, you're, the team is starting to feel this way that you maybe don't have time for them. You're never like available. And when you are, you're on your computer and you're on your phone, you're not paying attention and really giving them, you know, the leadership that they need and kind of maybe feels like this is going to your head a little bit. And that was a big moment for him to reflect. And when he was talking about that story, it immediately took me back to 2017, 2018, when I became a hotel manager after only being there for six months and all this other stuff. And I immediately, I remember the first week I was kind of felt, I I was kind of like a, kind of an ass to be honest, like (laughs) wasn't, wasn't an ass to the team, but just had this attitude that was very, I don't know, just not something I was proud of to represent with myself, with the hotel. It was a good moment because I, I do remember going through that. I didn't have to have a conversation with somebody to realize. I just, I remember a moment, particularly like with an employee where I was like, oh, wow. Okay. This was like a colleague of mine just last week. And now here I am just being, being kind of a, a jerk. So I need to reevaluate my, my my intentions with this position. I'm curious to know, Kelsey, before we play the clip, have you ever had a moment or experience like that at all? Similar, but also different. At my previous admin job, I became a manager and I was very much not the office clown, but like I would, I, the office culture, like I loved getting to know everybody. So moving from that to a leadership role is really hard because and also, too, there were senior colleagues of mine. So it's it's hard to now try to lead that person that you were there less than them. And, you know, management is seeing you as type of this leader. But, like, where do you draw the line? And it's kind of hard. It's hard to differentiate it. So, you know, you don't want to come in like super hard boss. But you also don't want to lose the connection that you've made with them throughout the years. So it's tough being a boss. Do you know how to... when? Do you know when to turn that on and off? Did you have a moment through that that you were like, hey, okay, this is when boss Kelsey needs to be in. And this is also when, you know, culture Kelsey could be. Yeah, I think, well, obviously for our culture team meetings, it was like very, it was easy for me to just be myself. But when I would have one-on-one meetings, some people would kind of push it a little bit. You know, they're like, I know you, you know, you know my wife like really well. So we're like friends, right? But it got to a point where I was like, I need to write you up to HR. Like this can't keep happening. You're you're taking advantage of me right now, essentially. And I and I just can't have that happen. So that was really hard for me. I remember I like got off the phone call and I was like, oh my gosh, like it's just so hard being a boss sometimes. But like sometimes you just have to put your foot down as professionally as you can, you know, where you're not like ego tripping. But yeah, you just have to set the boundaries sometimes. Yeah. Good word. Boundaries. So, all right. Yeah. That one. Yeah. It's hard. It's, it's not easy, especially when it's not your business yet. I think that helps to be honest when it's not your business. I've struggled 
maybe in the past, like early days of HFM where like, you know, Michael and Claire and I are like, oh, like it's just the three of us, whatever. We can just go and to chat and hang out. But also there's times where like, hey, this is a hard conversation and yeah. we need to have it. And not that like, anything bad happened with them. It was just more of a, this is a hard conversation around the business or a certain client or whatever. So yeah, good times. But let's let the listeners hear the clip with Caleb and then we'll come right back and talk about the next one. So here we go. I don't think I recognized it at first, but there was a change. And I would have to say that I definitely did have a small, some might say big, little bit of power shift in my mindset. And I didn't recognize it at first. And, and I beat myself up for that every day that goes by. And it took, it took my business partner calling me and saying, Hey, I'm hearing some things from the staff that you're, you, you always seem too busy and you're not focused on them when you're meeting and things like that. And so. I had to really reflect on that about, okay, just because, just because I am financially invested in this, I am still a cog in this contraption of a team. And if I don't do my part, then it's making all of their parts more difficult. And eventually that's how you run into attrition with your staff. And so I had to do a really big personal reflection of saying, okay, why am I acting that way? And was it on purpose and how can I do better? So I've had to really challenge myself to take a step back. I've had to challenge myself to grow personally. I've always seen myself as a leader, as someone who cares about people. And, and ultimately, my goal is to help people learn and build up. And if that means move on to the next best thing for them, that's what I want for them. In that moment, I just wasn't doing that. And and now that I reflect on it, it's because probably a little bit of greed, probably a little bit of that internal power of like, yeah, I own a piece of this company now. I didn't treat everybody the way I should have. But now, you know, that I see that I've reflected on it and I can move forward from it. And now I, I, I aim to do much better and really treat my staff like like family. And instead of calling them staff, calling them colleagues and calling them family in the right moment. So that's been a big shift for me. Welcome back. Anything stick out just from that extra piece with you? Just like his leadership shift, you know, that it takes guts also too to be the friend of the leader. That is having an ego trip to call them out and have those hard conversations. So it's good that he, you know, made that shift at a young age and started that early on. Yeah. I think it helps build trust too. I think, you know, when you have this that experience you have to really build confidence again in the team and in that factor and i think the fact that he was able to switch it around super quickly uh, i've seen it you know different he's he's definitely acted different and more matured over the time of our friendship and just like really respect him overall because like we have a, a now personal relationship we can text each other and we have a he, he talked about you know whenever he says sees eleven eleven or 11 mm-hmm. in general on on his phone he always takes a moment to be grateful and gratitude and i started doing the same thing with the number seven and he was like do you just stick to it because whenever you see the number it's going to be like a great moment to pause and just take that and sit back and just be thankful and shift your attitude if you're in a funk or whatever it might be and it's yeah it's worked out pretty great so shout out to you caleb for the the number trick i like it (laughs) perfect so rena this was one of my favorite episodes and without talking too much before we play the clip one of my favorites, just because I've known of her company before even starting Slick Talk. 
actually no i knew of it earlier into the journey of this this podcast but never knew of her or her co-founders and just like story i just knew of the brand they were just very intentional in how they build the business and that was one of the biggest things that caught me so when i was able to sit down with her and actually talk to her about the story i just was infatuated with everything that they've done in the beginning and to where they are today so we'll play the clip and then kelsey i would love your thoughts because she had a fun part about you know tapping into the entrepreneurial spirit whether you knew you had it or not so i'd love your thoughts but before we do that let's play the clip I was asked this a little bit about entrepreneurship, whether it's something yeah. that you are born with or it is something that can be taught. And my perspective is the same on what we're talking about is I think that everyone possesses it. The question mm. is whether it has been activated, right? Mm. And the activation that can come from some type of foreseen function, some moment, different influences. So you could be really inspired. You can be really supported. You could have failed. You could have seen the opposite of what you wanted your life to be and been motivated in contrast. Like there's so many different ways that it could be activated. But I think for myself, it was activated early by seeing my parents incredibly hardworking and seeing their them as role models and seeing, okay, life is not easy. There is a lot that we cannot control. And with the space that I do have control over, I'm going to do my best and I'm going to keep trying, right? And so that kind of perspective and the same with entrepreneurship that no one ever used that term and I never would have applied it to myself for like decades. Like I was probably in my 20s when I was like, oh, that could be a thing that I am associated with because I always thought it was somebody who was different than me, who looked different. It just wasn't it wasn't applicable to me. And yet when I actually look back, there was this cleaning company that my siblings and I started. We were out in this neighborhood called Coor Gulch. We were the Coor Cleaners and we would like weed your lawn. like, <laughs> And we had little outfits. And I also did like a jewelry company with my cousin. I did these things because it was like, okay, we may not have a ton of resources in the household. So I didn't have like an allowance and great things like that, which lovely if you can get it. But I was like, if I want to have spending cash, I need to earn it. And so I'm going to do it. Also, I think it's cool to create things. And so I want to put things out in the world and see how I can be helpful, see what I can build. And so I think it was activated for me very early on, but I never even like formalized it as entrepreneurship or that kind of term until much later in life. All right, Kelsey. So what takeaway did you have from that? Like when you hear her talking about tapping into entrepreneurial stuff, what was kind of resonating through you when you heard this? Yeah, I know she mentioned that we all kind of have it, but do you access it? And I was, you know, kind of self-reflecting too when she was talking about when she was young and I think it was with her sister and they were just doing like lawn mowing, I think it was just as like kids. And I was like, you know, I you know, I had lemonade stands, you know, that's true. Do you access it? Because I don't know, I feel like in a sense, we all kind of have an itch to do something for ourselves. And she just continued to do that throughout her life. So yeah, I, I think everyone's kind of born with it. And you just have to access it. Yeah, it's like that limitless pill that you just got to take it <laughs> to untap some of that, some of that brain power, I feel like. <laughs> 
but yeah the the lemonade stand and then my favorite part the the cougar cleaners is what they call mm. themselves mm-hmm. they'd be cleaning homes <laughs> and doing the lawn mowing and so i was like that's hilarious i love that so really great and that's one of my favorite questions as you probably heard on the podcast i love asking you know were people born or made and i love hearing people's answers because most of them say both so i think you can be born and made into it like again tapping into but some people there's just the moment they're born you know like all right like mm-hmm. they're they're gonna do something this is there's no way they're gonna have a normal job nine to five or anything like that so i think there's some cool answers to see from that question but mm-hmm. yeah one of my favorite takeaways with her and then of course going into the most recent episode my good buddy jonathan wicks he and I are going golfing this Sunday. So as this episode is being published, we're actually hanging out. I'm <laughs> pumped. But I really love his story. I love his approach. I love his mentality. I think, again, the setting of a standard for me is really crucial. So before going into all of it, let's play the clip. You'll understand why. If you haven't heard the Jonathan episode with being intentional about the business that they built with Well and Good, you're going to be blown away because they just are killing it. And it may seem like they popped out of nowhere and they kind of have, but I think Jonathan's experience in the past of doing a business just like this in a different industry really catapulted, you know, them into short-term rentals into being so well connected and built off the ground for, for this business. So let's play the clip. You mentioned the and mentality, and this is one thing I had written down. I don't normally like do pre-screened questions before recording with someone, but before you jumped in, I was like, all right, why and why is it so significant for you? Is that personal or is this just something that you've always just had at the forefront, you know, getting into business? I would love to know. It's so it's so personal to both my own beliefs, but also what I believe we need in business. And, you know, there's this mindset of the, if you look at the contrarian of what an and mindset would be, it'd be an or mindset. It would be that we either have to choose this path or that path. We either have to choose profitability or treating our people the right way, or we have to choose, you know, the environment or doing the, doing a good job. And I, I just, I am an and person because I think that the way to find win-win solutions, which is what our and is all about, is we're going to serve well and do good. And both of those things matter. And the win-win solutions come from human-to-human interactions. Most of the time, if you're looking for the compromise and you're looking for the wins, you can find them. But you have to lean into that as like a fundamental aspect of your life or your business or whatever. So we wanted to make it just be like all over. That is what we are looking to do. We're looking to have win-win solutions that have to benefit everybody. If we can't say that this benefits this group and this group, we need to reassess there. And it's my entire life thing i always talk about eco guy i'm not sure if you're familiar with eco guy that's a like I've my heard, favorite yeah a little bit not much it's the japanese mindset that basically you you take all the things that you take what you love and what you're good at where you can make money at and what you think the world needs and you combine that all in and you make one word and for me it's and it's that we need to have more you know meet in the middle mindset and there there are wins to be had and a lot of times we don't because we're so convinced that one side or the other has to win and i just i fundamentally believe we can have more and in our world and clearly based off of our logos everywhere i'm pretty insistent on making that happen so yes all right and kelsey so you got to meet jonathan at level up you're listening right you got to have that little moment with him i know he wasn't there the whole time but 
I'm sure you met him at least once, right? Yeah, it's really funny. I actually have a side story about that. So I met one of the attendees in the bathroom and she came up to me and she was like, do you know if Well and Good is here? And I was like, I don't think so. And then I found out that he was there and I felt so bad. So I was like trying to see her face in my mind. I was like, I need to go up to her and find her. I need to tell her that he's here and like she can totally go up and talk to him. And I finally found her. It took a long time because I was like looking at every attendee like, is that who I talked to? Like I couldn't remember. (laughs) But yeah, now his like his brand sticks in my mind because I'm like, that's the one that I told that person was not here, but they're here. Yeah, but I I don't think I met him there. But I think I definitely remember seeing his like logo. Yeah, yeah. the the, the and logos is definitely mm-hmm. a very defined logo for an and symbol that already exists. The way that they've kind of structured it to be the logo of their company, it's really well done. To be honest, I was like, damn, I wish I had a simple yeah. logo like that, like where I could just <laughs> rock that on my shirt everywhere. But no, he's just. You know, we connected over the Cole Haan shoe wearing. We were wearing the same same pair of Cole Haan <laughs> shoes at Level Up Your Listing. And it was just funny because like, I didn't really know well and good. I met a couple representatives from the company that were there at the VIP happy hour the first night. And, you know, I was like, okay, this is really cool. Like, you know, it's, it's not an easy business, especially cleaning and turnovers and all the other stuff that go into property maintenance and servicing. So I was like, oh, man, it's going to be a rough business to run. But seeing behind the hood or under the hood with what Jonathan and the team has built, holy crap, they've like really built a scalable, successful service company, which is hard because those are the businesses that usually are like the most chaotic. And mm-hmm. to see that, you know, he can travel and he can play golf with me on Sunday. Mm-hmm. He's not tied to the business in the day to day and having to be constantly working just proves, I think, the systems and everything that he talks about there. But again, going into the reference previous with Caleb, you know, building trust and confidence within the industry and the organization just shows the level of professionalism that they had right out the gate. And I think that's really hard. I don't know, Kelsey, you've had some some ventures before, you know, with YouTube and other stuff after college. I would love to know, like, when you start something, do you ever think you're like, oh, this is how it's going to look right out the gate? Or do you just like, we're going to figure it out as we go? I am so right-brained in that I figure out as I go. A directions manual? No, chuck it. Like I rather just look at something and figure it out. That's so bad sometimes, but <laughs> I don't know. I just you kind of got to have faith into something and see where it's going cuz I feel like sometimes if you come in with a full plan and expect it and it doesn't happen that way, sometimes you can be disappointed. Um, Mm -hmm. And also it just helps you improve, like getting feedback from others and seeing how people take things step by step, I kind of feel like is better to grow. I totally agree. I think, yeah, depending if you're left or right, right brained uh, (laughs) will really determine all of that. But, you know, just seeing it, the actionable piece of just executing, I think that at the end of the day, whether you are left or right. That's that's the main commonality. That's the line in the middle that I think we all have, which is we have to execute. Whether we know exactly or if we don't and we're just gonna play it by ear, I think you know, execution is the biggest piece. And they they're doing very well. So shout out to Jonathan for just building something that's super impressive. And I know we're all gonna be seeing a lot more of. I was asked on a upcoming episode, or I asked an upcoming episode guest, you know, something that they see being like the most important type of 
focus for the industry and moving forward and housekeeping and maintenance and servicing was part of that conversation. And we talked a lot about that for a couple minutes, which you'll get to hear this coming month. So I guess will be a good one for all things servicing properties and scaling your business. But anyways, that's my sneak peeks. Kelsey, what would you like to leave the listeners with before we wrap up this episode? Oh my gosh, I don't know. This was so much fun though. And I hope that everybody takes the time to listen to Slick Talk Podcast because it really is phenomenal. You know, the guests that you do bring in and you take the time to <laughs> to interview and talk to everybody. We don't always get that side of people like at conferences, you know, it's just very business. But hearing everybody's story is just, you could either relay or take something away from it. And I think that's great. 100%. And the best part about doing this podcast is the friendships. I, I've become friends with most of my guests. I think there's a very small percentage that I still don't talk to, but everybody else, it's just so cool to see the connections and the way that we're all able to really stay together within after, you know, post podcast recording or post publishing, whatever we want to call it. It's just one of my favorite parts the best way to make friends. If you struggle making friends, start a podcast, start interviewing people, <laughs> and then just become their friends right after and never leave them alone. It's <laughs> one of the best things. But yeah, thanks for doing this with me, Kelsey. I love having people on the team part of the show. I struggle to do stuff solo. So to have a friend that I can be like, hey, I want your thoughts and perspective too. It's been great. And of course, you're killing it at HFM and doing all the shows that you work with. I, I know we've we gave you a lot right after your honeymoon. So you, you've really just, just taken it by That's storm. Fine. S- it. Sink or swim. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's honestly an honor to be asked to be on your boss's podcast. So thank you. Let's go. So all you <laughs> slick talkers, check out all the clips, all the episodes. If you made it all the way through this episode today. And of course, like always, we love and appreciate you. So like, subscribe, make sure you share with your friends and family. My mom still doesn't know how to access podcasting on her phone. So I'm still figuring that out. So if you can solve that problem, let me know. So that way I can pass it down to my family as well. But until then, we'll see you all again next week. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast possible. We hope you enjoyed the show and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week.